up world. Surpass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's show, we're going to talk about a chaotic day in the NBA, a truly chaotic day before 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, a whole lot of news. We'll cover all of it. We'll talk about the All-NBA selection. Damian Lillard made second-team All-NBA, and I have a solution that would be a reasonable proposal why he deserves to be on the first-team All-NBA. This is an outrage. This is logic. And finally, the Blazers are on the verge of making a change to their broadcast. We will close the show talking about the changes ahead, a legendary voice coming back into the main chair. But let us start with a truly chaotic day of news in the NBA. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. That is that is on Pacific time. Uh, it is not uncommon for me to wake up and news have already happened because of the time difference and, you know, the league newsmakers and the league officer in New York City, uh, yada, yada, yada. Like, it's not uncommon. I, I My alarm goes off at 7 a.m. on a weekday. I check my phone and, and stuff's happened, right? That's, that's, that's pretty normal. But today was abnormal in terms of how much stuff had already happened by the time I woke up. And here is a just, just a harrowing, chaotic timeline of all of the NBA news that broke before uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time this morning. At 5.40 a.m., it was announced that Chris Paul was entering the health and safety protocols and would be out indefinitely as the league determined the next course of action, the health and safety protocols for uh, for COVID. And it was unclear at the time if it was a positive COVID test or, or he did something outside of uh, league rules or whatever it was, but he was announced that he had entered the health, health and safety protocols at 5.40 a.m. At 6.10 a.m., it was announced that Kawhi Leonard would be out indefinitely with a knee injury at 7.55 a.m. Stan Van Gundy, the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, it was announced that he was, or was reported rather that he was gone, out of a job, uh, mutually agreed to part ways from the New Orleans Pelicans. By 8.05 a.m., just 10 minutes after the Stan Van Gundy news, Shams Charani reported that Kawhi Leonard has an ACL injury and is expected to miss a significant amount of time. At 8.26, just 21 minutes later, Scott Brooks, head coach of the Washington Wizards, did not agree, did not come to a new deal with the Wizards and is gone. And at 10.57 a.m., three minutes before 11 a.m., Donnie Nelson, the longtime general manager and uh, front office executive with the Dallas Mavericks who predates even Mark Cuban with the Mavericks, longstanding front office man with the Mavericks, out out, 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 as the Mavericks front office undergoes uh, sweeping changes on the heels of a uh, report from Tim Cato and Sam Amick of The Athletic that perhaps the Mavericks needed some sweeping changes because they were being run by uh, my Mark Cuban's preferred voice of reason. Bob Volgaris, most famous for being really good at gambling on the NBA. So that is that is the timeline of events, and uh, while none of it like directly is a bla- is Blazer news, I think all of it is you know obviously the Blazers in the NBA it impacts them uh, when other NBA teams do stuff, but uh, like it's it struck me in a couple different ways. One, there are now six coaching vacancies in the NBA, uh, which means that the Blazers sort of um, their choice of candidates it maybe gets a little gets a little 
tougher because now there's other compelling jobs out there. Like, I think the Pelicans job is a really good job. Uh, not a ton of, like, organizational stability there, or obviously, like, not, like, a long-standing tradition of um, of success in New Orleans basketball. In fact, their most successful season is uh, pretty much when they rocked your Portland Trailblazers right out of the playoffs in 2018. But, uh, you know, they... Um, they have really good young players. They have Zion Williamson, who is probably a generational talent, and that's like a really compelling job, which means that like the Blazers job gets sort of knocked down, uh, knocked down the ladder a little bit. Like I think the best job out there is still going to be uh, the Celtics job. And you could argue that, that the Blazers with their sort of, um, you know, more success recently, uh, maybe better up and down roster because of, um, <laughs> how bad Eric Bledsoe was with the Pelicans this year and how bad their bench was. Um, you could argue that the Blazers are still a better job, but maybe like long-term the Pelicans like gig is a little more compelling. Uh, the Wizards job is not like super, super enticing because I think the futures of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are at least somewhat in question, but that's still an appealing job. That's a playoff team with two really good players. You'd think, um, you know, you could... The right coach could get in there and kind of um, take them to new heights or at least kind of push them a little further along than they were last year when they struggled for a great deal of the season before getting hot late. Um, So I think like the coaching news, it just... um, it means that there are just more, there is more competition. Uh, I don't think it really changes. Like the Blazers are going to offer the job to Chauncey Billups eventually, and he's going to say yes or no. And then it'll be defined from there. Like I've, I've said it a bunch of this on in this space and, and nothing's changed. Like I believe Chauncey Billups is their absolute number one choice. And if they go somewhere else, because their number one choice either said no, or ownership said, we have another, we've overruled the front office's preference, but like, I just think more jobs being open means like the Blazers second, third, fourth picks, you know, like if, if it's not Chauncey, if he goes somewhere else or, or it's, or it's, you know, not ownership doesn't want to do that and they want to go somewhere else. They want Mike D'Antoni, they want Becky Hammond, whatever it might be. Uh, I think having more jobs open, just, it just means more competition. Like that's, that is, that is what uh, Stan Van Gundy and, and Scott Brooks losing their jobs means today. Uh, that's, that's it. I still think the Blazers job pretty appealing um, just like in terms of overall competitive I think it's pretty appealing. You get to coach one of the 10 best players in the NBA. You get to coach a team that's consistently been in the playoffs. Uh, you, this is, this is a pretty good gig. Um, even though it kind of feels a little bit like doomsday in the fandom right now. Like the Blazers are, like I've said a bunch, like the Blazers are pretty good. Um, what they're navigating a very difficult path from good to great, but you know, being good is a pretty, as a, is a significant head start over some of the available jobs, uh, Pretty much all the teams in the Eastern Conference who have vacancies were worse, if not significantly worse, than the Blazers this year and are less appealing, unless you're looking for that long-term rebuild situation in Orlando, which, you know, maybe if you don't want to win, that's an appealing coaching landing spot. You never know. The other, the sort of other big news stuff is like, it's just a reminder of, I don't want to be too negative here um, because because I understand the timeline, but it's a reminder of, of, of an opportunity that went away from where the Blazers lost, you know, they missed out on an opportunity. They should have beaten the nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. Um, a failing of the coaching staff, a failing of, uh, a failing of the players. Like it's, it's, it's on everybody. I think it's Neil Olshay wants you to believe it was maybe only the coaching staff and that's fine. Uh, I don't agree. Uh, but it's, it's, 
this they should have won that series. They were a better team than the Denver Nuggets, and they lost because they gave away a, a double overtime game that they shouldn't have despite an all-time great performance that included um, them being really bad to begin that game. Uh, don't, don't ever forget it. They didn't play any defense for the first 20 minutes of that double overtime magic that they lost in, uh, in Game 5. And then, of course, you know, losing a big lead in Game Six at home, and and not even forcing Game Seven. But like, it's this the news of of these injuries and Chris Paul's health situation, COVID situation, um, is a reminder that this league is about attrition. And the Blazers were relatively healthy. Their biggest advantage over the Nuggets was that their players were there, and the Nuggets players were not. Uh, you know, you win that round, you play the you. You you play the Suns tough and, uh, you know, Chris Paul dealing with a shoulder injury at the beginning of the series and now dealing with uh, COVID complications, uh, health and safety protocols that could keep him out indefinitely. Like if you can extend the series, you just there's there are advantages to be gained by just hanging around. And the same thing with the Kawhi Leonard injury, like you just when you miss these opportunities, the sort of the attrition that naturally comes in the league is just you you know, other teams get hurt in front of you. It's sure it's luck and it's all that stuff, but that's how you win a championship is you get lucky. Uh, and the Blazers needed to create their own luck. They needed to extend their season by being competent and then get lucky because um, that those two things have to align to win a title and, and to advance in the playoffs. Like you have to both be lucky and be good. The Blazers did not, they were not good, so they didn't get a chance to be lucky. And I think that's kind of what this injury news reminded me of is that if like, if you just, if you can just extend your season you can have there's just so many more variables that come into play um it's been a brutal year for injuries i'm not rooting for injuries for anyone i am like legitimately bummed that we won't get to watch Kawhi leonard in the playoffs i i love watching that weird robot uh it's i hope whatever the deal is with chris paul gets cleared up and he gets to play in the western conference finals like i i very very much hope so i would be devastated for chris paul and for just myself as a basketball fan if he doesn't get to play at the at the sort of part of his the part of the playoffs he's literally never been to um it would be crushing uh, i'm not i'm not rooting for injuries i'm just saying like it's a reality of the sport that guys will miss time and if you don't when you're relatively healthy, you got to take advantage of it. And the Blazers did not take advantage of it. And uh, today's chaotic news in a rush was a reminder of of how quickly things can change. And if um, you just like to think of the Blazers had given themselves an opportunity, they could have been, and you know, they could have benefited from it. Obviously, things could have happened bad on their end. I'm not saying like guaranteed or anything, but like it was just a reminder of um what a bummer, what a bummer it was to lose a series to a team that you are that you had a better roster than. I think um I think that's that was my sort of my main two takeaways from from a truly chaotic, truly chaotic uh first four hours of my waking day here. Uh, a reminder that the East Coast East Coast news cycle waits for no man. Um, I actually, you know, I woke up before my alarm, but I didn't check my phone until after my alarm went off. And I, I should have gone ahead and done it because by then many, many things had already happened in the NBA world. I could have been ahead of it. And I had, I waited another 30 minutes or so before I found out that Chris Paul was out and maybe Kawhi Leonard too. But don't worry, I'd already had breakfast and coffee by the time Stan Van Gundy lost his job. I was, I was ready for it. I was, I was, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally prepared for more NBA news, and it just kept coming. A a truly chaotic and wild Tuesday morning.
All right, in the second segment, I want to talk about the All-NBA teams. Damian Lillard was voted second-team All-NBA on Tuesday evening, and uh, some people got their feathers ruffled a little bit by him missing out on first team. And I have a solution, a reasonable proposal that would land Damian Lillard on the first team, and I'm going to share it with you in the second segment. But before we get there... I want to talk about Green Room. Yes, indeed. Formerly known as Locker Room, the live audio app, the first ever social app for sports fans, is now known as Spotify Green Room, purchased by Spotify and relaunched on Wednesday. Still the same, still the same deal. Just a new name and a slightly new look, but still the same deal. It's it is live radio, a great place to chat with me, other fans, athletes are on there sometimes, other NBA insiders and expert types. In fact, the entire Locked On uh, NBA group, we had a locker room channel today uh, chatting about all the news, and there was maybe 100 plus people listening in there. It's it's a live radio chat where we had uh, you know 20, 20 local hosts on there chatting NBA stuff and a crazy day of news, a wild day of news. So, uh Make sure you download that app. It is now called Green Room. Spotify is Green Room. Download that app. Join me on Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. I do it each week, the Lockdown Blazers Room. We do it Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Uh, new app, whatever, new look, same deal. It's it's a live version of this podcast. Answer questions. There's a chat feature so people can ask questions in the chat. I can even bring you on stage and we can ask questions. It's a ton of fun. I love it. So make sure you're, you download the app. Follow me on there at Mike G. Rich. You'll get a notification when I, when I go live. Uh, hope to see you there. Right, so we talked about a wild Wednesday in the NBA, just a whole bunch of news. Uh, I did my best to tie it back into what it means for the Blazers, but what it really means is that the NBA is, <laughs> it can be chaotic. Uh, obviously, you know, firings and injuries was kind of a whack day of news, but in general, you know, it's a, uh, following along as the sort of like ripples out of news um, uh Breaks. I I always I always enjoy. At least I'm intrigued by thinking about it. So I'm I'm glad in that first segment I was able to kind of um, you know share my thoughts on how it ties back into this particular team here on Locked On Blazers. But you know, there's been some other news too. The news waits for no podcaster. Uh, you know, in, in amidst the the news about Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard and people losing their jobs, uh, the NBA announced uh, that Lamelo Ball, uh, Hornets rookie one, rookie of the year. Uh, Go listen to Locked On Hornets or Locked On Wolves. Uh, they will break down what what the rookie of the year means. But it's been that that's what the NBA has been doing this week. They've been slow rolling out their awards. You know, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and All NBA selections. And on Tuesday, we got the All NBA teams released. Your first team All NBA was Nikola Jokic, the league MVP. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the only unanimous All First Team selection. Kawhi Leonard of the Los Angeles Clippers. Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors, and Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. That means Damian Lillard did not see his name on the All-NBA first team. He was on the second team. It was Dame, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Julius Randle, and Joel Embiid. And on the third team rounding out was Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. So I think there is, well, I don't think there's a lot of controversy. I don't think Steph Curry and Luka Doncic are like, I don't think Dame had better seasons than either of those guys. Comparable season to Luka Doncic for sure, um, but I don't think like I don't think 
For me, it is hard to make a compelling case that you could say, Dame was so much better than Luka, what the hell is going on? Like, I don't see that. Um, I think somewhere you might find people saying that. And and um, if they've got a really compelling case, someone email it to me so, so I can read it um, and, and see what I'm missing. But um, I have a solution to this because I think the NBA's ballot system is broken. And the simplest solution is to get rid of positions and to say, let's vote for five players, let's do it. Um, I think that will end up undervaluing the center position. Like, I think... Um, the protection that centers deserve, like Rudy Gobert is really good um, and deserves to be on one of these teams. Like he's the best player on the team that had the best record in the, in the, uh, in the league this season. He deserves to be on one of these teams. And I think if you go all five positions, maybe Gobert gets lost. Maybe that third team center gets lost because just like in general centers are going to be undervalued. Uh, that, that's maybe not always going to be the case. Obviously, Jokic and Embiid were one, two in the MVP voting. Um, there's plenty of good centers in the league, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't, I don't, the, the only reason to get rid of, of, of positions is not just centers, but I think in general, um, getting rid of positions kind of um, dilutes the point and you would have a new system that would have its own flaws. And the NBA has done some things to try to make... Um, to try to fix the ballot and it doesn't really work, but they did do something this year that I see as an easy solution. And I, I am proposing it as a sliding positional solution. And what that means is that Luka Doncic was listed on the ballot as a guard and a forward. Now that's kind of nonsense. Luka plays guard. He's like a, he's like a, just a six, seven point guard. Um, you can argue that he's big and maybe it's confusing that he's so big and maybe he doesn't always guard the opposing team's point guard, et cetera, et cetera. But he's a guard, like by any measure, he's a guard. Um, you tell me what position uh, starting forwards uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleber play or or Finney-Smith and, and Chris Porzingis when they go big. Like you, you tell me what position those dudes play and whether, whether Luke is a guard or not. But instead of debating positions and like having the league try to try to do these things, if they're going to list guys at sliding positions, like if, if Luke is like big, so he's a guard slash forward, because like in another in another parallel universe at six foot seven, he could play forward. Cool. Let's let's go with that. Um, other guys who were listed at guard slash forward positions were Jason Tatum and LeBron James, like people who are kind of. Uh, positionless, right? And Tatum was uh, the player who received the most points who did not make an All-NBA team. He lost $32 million off a potential Supermax deal. Like, this is a big deal that Jason Tatum didn't make it, right? Like, I'd be pretty mad over losing $32 million. Even if you're going to make $170 million, you'd rather make $202 million, right? Um, So here's my actual proposal. Kawhi Leonard finished with 323 total points. He had 28 first-team votes, 58 second-team votes, and 9 third-team votes. Damon Lillard received significantly more first-team votes, 38 as opposed to 28 as compared to Kawhi Leonard. He received more second-team votes, 60 as opposed to 58. So here is the solution. Instead of saying, and, and Luka Doncic got, got voted in as a guard, and so he becomes a guard. The way the league does it is that if if you were voted in at two positions, you get slotted in at the position where you get the most votes. So Luka got the most votes as a guard. He's a guard. Cool. Like I said, I think Luka and Dame had comparable seasons, whatever. Uh, they finished, um, you know, relatively close, but Luka had more, you know, his sexier counting stats and finished 
their team team finished with a higher uh, position in the West. So you can see how it would happen that way. But here is my actual solution. Luca listed as a guard or a forward. So when the teams come out and when you have the five highest vote getters, Luca slides down to forward. It doesn't matter where Ka- Kawhi landed. It, again, it doesn't matter. The second team would still shake out fine. Uh, LeBron James listed as a forward or a guard. You can slide him, positional sliding, allow him to be a guard or a forward to make the teams work. Just use simple logic. That's what we're doing. I think the ballot needs like a total overhaul. Uh, like I said, I have some reservations about getting rid of positions altogether, although I do think that's probably the fairest solution in terms of how we do this. But if you're going to stick with positions in order to protect, um, make sure we get like certain types of players on the ballot, be they point guards or centers or anyone in between. If you are going to list guys at multiple positions, don't lock them into position based on the voters. Lock, move them around based on the total number of votes. That would mean that Damon Lord would be first team All-NBA, a deserving candidate for first team All-NBA. For no other reason than he played in 67 of the 72 games and Kawhi Leonard played in 52 of the 72 games. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I think 50, 50 out of 72 is like a, a totally a fine minimum and I, Kawhi hits that minimum and he was... Dude kicks ass. He deserves it, um, you know, to be on one of these teams for sure as a second-team All-NBA player. No problem. I'm not up in arms with a Kawhi. But there is something to be said for Kawhi Leonard not playing in 75% of the available games and a guy who ended up with more points playing in all but five games during the regular season. It's This is a common-sense... My sliding positional... Uh, approach is a common sense approach. It is not a radical change of the ballot. This is, <laughs> I'm going full Joe Biden here. I'm reaching across the aisle to the traditionalists and I'm, I'm appealing at least to some extent to the people who want a full overhaul. And I'm saying, listen, there is a common sense way to fix this. And the common sense way to fix this is if the NBA calls Luka Doncic a guard and a forward, allow him to be moved to a guard or a forward as it makes sense, allowing for the players with the most total points. If you're going to total up the points, the most total points to be on the team where they deserve to be. If you are a top five point getter and you get more first team and more second team votes, you should be ahead of the other guy. Your beef should be with Kawhi, not with Luka Doncic, and your beef should be with the ballot because the NBA has it jacked up. That is my that is my common sense proposal to fix the all NBA teams. I don't think it's like you know, grab your pitchforks type of thing to be mad that Dame isn't first team all NBA, but it seems like there's just an obvious way to fix this. And, um, Dame was a deserving Dame was as was more deserving than one of the dudes who made it. Um, and, but he just wasn't eligible based on the way it's set up. Uh, it is what it is. Let's come back in the third segment. We got uh, some Blazers news lost in all of this. All of this news didn't. Uh, you know, I was awake for this when this didn't happen prior to prior to my alarm going off. But there is some real Blazers news. Uh, there is a, a a legendary voice reportedly close to coming back to the Blazers television broadcast, and that's what we'll talk about in the third segment. But first, you know, we got to talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's what it is. The Bill Bar comes in nine delicious flavors, uh, mint brownie and raspberry, coconut almond, salted caramel, or my personal favorite peanut butter brownie. Uh, if you don't know what you like, you can, you know, look at the nine flavors they have available and the occasional part-time flavors. You look at billbar.com right now, find out if there's any seasonal flavors, some limited timers on there. And if you don't know what you like, build yourself a mix box. You can choose, uh, 
nine of you can choose all nine flavors you get two of each they come to your house you eat, you eat them all you find out what you like find out what your family likes and order some more from there they all of them are covered in 100 chocolate they all have got that candy bar like texture and look they come with at least 17 grams 17 grams of protein and fewer than five grams of net carbs they're good and good for you go get yourself some go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your first order that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag it's just the fastest and easiest way to get in all your sports action you want to bet on you want to bet on sports this is the place you do it you want to bet on Who's going to be hired as the next head coach in one of the six coaching vacancies? They've got odds on every single team and the next coach to be hired. You can bet on it several different ways. Or if you want to bet on sports that are happening right now, like the NHL playoffs or the WNBA or Major League Baseball regular season, all available there. Plus UFC and MMA action, horse racing, you name it, they got it. Uh, The Olympics coming up this summer, you know you'll be able to find that action on betonline.ag. So don't wait. Get on the action right now. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On when you're making your first deposit, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That is BetOnline.ag. The promo code is Locked On, and for your troubles, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. And you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about a wild and chaotic day in NBA news. We talked about a solution to get Damian Lillard on the all-NBA first team without a radical overhaul, although a radical overhaul is kind of fine with me, but a common-sense solution to getting Damian Lillard on first team all-NBA that would make uh, that would be fair to all parties. But finally, we got some Blazers news. It is reported by the Oregonian first John Canzano and then clarified a little more clearly by Joe Freeman that the Blazers are close to making a change and in the broadcast booth, the team informed and, and the team has since announced this. Uh, they informed Jordan Kent this morning that uh, he is no longer going to be the play-by-play man for, for the Blazers. Uh, Jordan Kent took over in the bubble uh, or as they were going into the bubble, he announced games on, you know, v- remotely while the team was in Orlando and then announced the full 2020-2021 season. Much of it remotely from the Blazers studio in inside the Moda Center and none of it from midcourt and very, very few games with actual fans in the arena, maybe five total. But after one full season and some change, Kent is no longer going to be the play-by-play broadcaster and a familiar name and a legendary voice is likely to join the Blazers broadcast. It is not official yet, and Joe Freeman of the Oregonian reports that nothing has been finalized, but the Blazers are, are reaching, nearing a deal to bring back Kevin Calabro, the uh, voice, the a longtime NBA play-by-play voice and a, and a man who was the play-by-play voice of the Your Portland Trail Blazers. Beginning in 2016 and running until uh, the hiatus in March of 2020, uh, Calabro then took, uh, kind of stepped away from the game. Didn't was kind of semi-retired. He 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 said he wasn't retiring. He was just um, you know I I I asked him about it when he did. Uh, 
you know, that he wasn't retiring. He was just, he was stepping away from a little bit and then figuring out what's next. It seems like what's next is a return to the booth. And what uh, Joe Freeman says is that they are going to bring Kevin Calabro back and want him to retire as a Blazer. So that would probably be in a multi-year extended contract for Calabro. Uh, we probably won't get um, details on sort of like how long Calabro is, uh, is going to be around. Um, but you would assume that the Blazers aren't bringing him back for one year or they would prefer not to bring him back for one year. They want him back for a long time. Dude's got a legendary voice. He was, um, he grew into being really good on the broadcast after, um, you know, in, in his, in his couple seasons around the team, three and a half seasons around the team. So that seems to be the uh, direction of that the broadcast is going. Many of you have asked me to sort of weigh in on my thoughts on uh, on the broadcast over over the the season, and I have declined to do so. Um, uh, mostly in private, I've I've reached out to people who've asked me my opinion on stuff and said I'm not, I'm not going to do that, and I'm still not really going to do that here. Uh, I don't think it's my, my opinion doesn't matter here. Uh, I will just say this: one, me and Kevin Calabro have a good relationship. Uh, full disclosure, we, we, we've, you know, we communicate relatively regularly. Uh, so like, obviously I'm not going to thrash KC, someone who, who I like and am, and am friends with, like friendly with, um, that's just not going to happen here. And I'm not going to thrash Jordan Kent either, because he was, he was thrown into an incredibly difficult role. He never called a game courtside. He was, he had never, uh, done play by play other than esports prior to being given an NBA job. And it is really hard to call live sports. Uh, if you want to have an, a, like an attempt at this, mute your TV and try to do a, try to do a live call during a game. There's a lot of stuff that happens. Uh, now try to do that to a, a massive audience of hundreds of thousands who are going to nitpick all your words. Like Jordan Kent was put in an impossible position. He was replacing a legendary voice in Kevin Calabro and he was never, he never once called a normal game. Zero times called a normal game. He never called a, a game in a full arena, sitting courtside and all that. He, even when the Blazers had fans back in the stadium, they were at the top of the lower bowl behind glass, uh, you know, looking down from the top of the, of the 100 section in the Moda Center. Like he never, he got zero attempts to call a, a normal game. Uh, I thought he got a lot better as the season went on. I thought he, he really, he, dude's got a golden pipes and incredible television voice. And I thought he got a lot better at, at announcing an NBA game, but he never got sort of like, he he didn't have a lot of professional reps doing it beforehand, and he never got a chance to do the job the way it is intended while he was there. So, listen, Kevin Calabro is a is an MF legend. He's someone who's done it for a long time at a really high level. Um, you know, there are some there are some classic Sonics games and some classic TNT games after uh, uh, Casey moved to the to the national broadcast with his voice behind it. Um, there's there's probably more than you than you really know if you go back and look at some highlights. Uh, It'll be great to have him back on the call. Uh, that's that's where I'll leave this. Uh, I don't think it's official. I I don't um, like I haven't I haven't reached out to anyone to do any reporting. Uh, Joe Freeman is a, is a good friend of mine and a great reporter. Uh, he, if he says it's close. It's close. Uh, Canzano basically, John Canzano of the Oregonian said it was a done deal. It sounds like it's not a done deal, according to Freeman, but it's close. Like the Blazers are, are, are getting there and they're in the negotiations. They wouldn't have moved on from Jordan Kent. They wouldn't have informed him and then publicly stated that they, they'd moved on from him if they didn't have, if it wasn't close. So it's going to happen. We'll get official news. Um, I probably won't do another full segment on it, but I'll, I'll, I will ping it here. Y'all will know when it really happens for real. Um, I thought Kevin Calabro and Lamar Hurd had great chemistry. I thought, uh, Lamar Hurd and Jordan Kent had really good chemistry. Maybe it's just really easy to work with a dude who's as nice as Lamar is. Um, 
But yeah, I think the Blazers broadcast, um, you know, I think getting a legend, a legendary voice back in the seat and someone who's familiar with the team is, um, will be, will be, uh, an enjoyable listening experience for sure. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.